This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. And before we get started, I just want to say, if the audio sounds a little bit off in today's episode, you're very astute. I'm actually recording from underneath a pile of blankets with a bunch of pillows in a hotel room on vacation this week. So I will keep today's episode short, and I apologize for any audio issues that you may have. You should see the setup here, listener, as I record this. But suffice it to say, I didn't want to miss a week of bringing you some content. So let's get started. Here's today's quote. Quote, We write for the same reason that we walk, talk, climb mountains, or swim the oceans. Because we can. We have some impulse within us that makes us want to explain ourselves to other human beings. That's why we paint. That's why we dare to love someone. Because we have the impulse to explain who we are, not just how tall we are or thin, but who we are internally, perhaps even spiritually. There's something which impels us to show our inner souls. The more courageous we are, the more we succeed in explaining what we know. End quote. Now, those are the words of Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou is a poet, civil rights activist, and popular writer who was born on April 4, 1928 in St. Louis, Missouri. She died May 28, 2014 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at age 86. And her 50-year career began at the age of 17, and during it she published numerous books of poetry, essays, and even a seven-part autobiography. She is, perhaps, one of the most well-known American poets up there with the likes of Robert Frost, Emily Dickinson, and Edgar Allan Poe. And I've long enjoyed Maya Angelou's writings. Long before I started this podcast and long before I started exploring poetry in detail, I heard Maya Angelou's poems, probably in high school or some other place. And her poetry is both emotional and raw and and also compelling. And so it makes it interesting to read. And then It's also approachable. So for rubes like me, at the time that I first heard this, it didn't require me to attain an English literature degree just to understand, which is nice. And for this podcast, I've long considered doing an Angelou poem as an explication, and I likely will in the future. But for today, I've chosen to focus on this quote because it helps me both understand myself, and it's enjoyable, and I would argue beginning to understand ourselves is how we begin to grow. More on that in a moment. If you're looking to dip your toes into Angelou's poetry, and I strongly recommend that you do, consider one or more, or all, of the following. Still I Rise, On the Pulse of Morning, and These Yet to be United States. Each one of them is absolutely fantastic, and all are worth multiple reads and your consideration. In particular, These Yet to be United States is extremely poignant and compelling. And I think of it often, especially recently, considering all of the discord and strife that seems to be all around us all the time. And that's not what today's episode is about, so we won't spend any time on that. But I do strongly encourage you to read all three of those poems. They're all very approachable, very reasonable in length, and they'll get you thinking. Now, as I mentioned, Angelou died in 2014. And to say that she left a legacy is an understatement. Again, her career spanned more than 50 years. And it's exceedingly rare to have the likes of Oprah, Bill Clinton, and Michelle Obama speak at a funeral 
But that's precisely the kind of woman that Angelou was, and precisely the trio that did indeed speak at her funeral. And as I've said before, poets are very interesting people. They, like photographers, see the world differently. They interpret what most of us take for granted in unique and creative ways. And they give us, the uninitiated, a novel glimpse into a completely different way of thinking. And once you start to think like a poet or like a photographer, you don't see the world the same anymore. And today's quote, while not a poem, is one such observation. So let me read it for you once more, and then we'll explore it a bit further. Quote, we write for the same reason that we walk, talk, climb mountains, or swim the oceans. Because we can. We have some impulse within us that makes us want to explain ourselves to other human beings. That's why we paint. That's why we dare to love someone. Because we have the impulse to explain who we are. Not just how tall we are or thin, but who we are internally, perhaps even spiritually. There's something which impels us to show our inner souls. The more courageous we are, the more we succeed in explaining what we know. End quote. Now this quote is about writing, but I'd immediately argue, and technically so does Angelou, that other efforts can be equally revelatory. If you create anything, and I mean anything, that resonates with you, whether you're an artist or a musician, or you build things as a hobby, you repair stuff around your house, or you cook or bake a meal for your family or friends, you know the feeling that I'm talking about here that flows through you when you finish that last stroke or stir or beat. There's a feeling of accomplishment. Like what lays in front of you captures a small part of who you are. And you know that no one else could or would have done it just like you. It's an expression of that which is uniquely you. Many years ago, I took one of those glass blowing classes that you can do on a weekend. You know, the kind you go to and you see how the glass is made. And finally, under the close observation of someone who actually knows what they're doing, you get to make something from molten glass. It's a great experience. And if you have the opportunity to do it, I would encourage you to. In my case, it was just a simple drinking glass. So after I took a ball of glass from the furnace, I sat in a chair and I rolled it out so that you get a nice, even amount of glass on the end of this very, very long stick. And if you're a glass blower, I apologize because I'm certainly not using the correct terminology here. But ultimately, you blow into this long, hollow tube with the glass ball at the other end. And that expands the glass into the form and ultimately creates the finished product. Minus some cooling and annealing and things of that nature. But what made this experience so memorable to me was not the glass itself. It's okay. I still have it. But rather, what the instructor said to us almost in passing during the class. He said, Because your breath is what is traveling down the tube to the glass and expanding it, some of those atoms in your breath will forever be embedded in the glass, making it uniquely and unreplicatably yours. And I love that thought. It's part of the reason I haven't gotten rid of the crappy little glass that I made that day in that glassblowing class. Because there's a part of me in that glass, and it feels like it should be mine. It should stay with me. Or at least it feels like if I were to donate it or sell it, sell it as a joke, if I were to donate it, then someone else would have a part of me that they wouldn't appreciate in the way that I do. But anyway, I think that's what this quote is all about. That piece of art that I made, or that you make, or the music, or the meal that you made, can never be replicated exactly as you did it just then. You were one specific type of person when you made it, 
and no one else can do it like you did. And you likely learned something about yourself in the process. And, as I mentioned earlier, understanding ourselves is part of how we change and how we grow. So what do I mean? Well, consider that in order to change something in a meaningful way, we must understand it, to some degree. Anyone can go full bull in a china shop on something and make a change. But the question then is, is it meaningful? Is it long-lasting? And does it accomplish that which you set out to accomplish? I'll give you an example. I happen to know a superintendent quite well. And they have described on numerous occasions something you may have seen near you, and that is the recent rash of, quote, highly interested people who want to change the way school is taught and what is taught, and have set out to take over school boards and committees to change things. Many of them have been successful, largely due to apathy on the part of other participants in that process. And some of those groups have been successful in changing things. However, many of those things have been blunt and ill-conceived and lacking in the kind of critical thought and consideration that well-practiced, highly trained educators might employ. The result can be absolutely devastating and damaging. And that doesn't just apply to school boards. It applies to anything. Making a change, ill-informed, and without the requisite knowledge of the area in which you're trying to make that change, can have long-lasting and catastrophic effects. However, when you really know a topic and you've dug into it, have made it your own, then you can target your change in just the right way. And I would argue that if you know the subject deeply and broadly, that the amount of effort you have to put into making that change is also probably less than it would be if you went in bull in a china shop style. And perhaps you've heard this, but I've heard people with PhDs described as, quote, the creators of new knowledge. And perhaps that's a little grandiose. But the acknowledgement there is that those who are deeply steeped in a subject, having spent years and years studying under masters and researching their field, are the most qualified to then take the torch and run it a little bit further down the track, creating new knowledge along the way. So in that way, it's not so grandiose. So too with ourselves. When we write, create, or build, we express ourselves and we learn something. When we are most courageous, exploring ourselves and expressing what we find, even unpolished and raw, we are better for it. It's part of the reason that I create this podcast. Because in creating this podcast, I shine a mirror on myself. I am forced to take a look at what I put on paper and out on the airwaves, so to speak, and reflect it back on myself and ask myself if I'm living up to these very same recommendations that the words of these people present and past bring to us. And oftentimes, I'm not. And that's okay, because this is me exploring myself. And I hope that in my exploration, you are also learning something and growing and improving. Because that's the ultimate goal to improve ourselves. So as I close today, from in my blanket and pillow fort that I mentioned earlier, I would say to you, listener, and also, importantly, to myself, to be brave, to look inside, to do something with what you see there, something that faces outward. Create. Express yourself. You'll be successful, and you'll be better on the other side for having done it. 
Angelou knew that. That's why she said this. And now, so do we. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.